This episode, I embarrass myself. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 21st episode of Board Game Times, the podcast about the people, places, and events making tabletop gaming great in Chicago. I hope you're all having a great 2022 so far. Today in Chicago, frankly, is gorgeous. I was out for a bike ride on the lake. It was amazing. It's like 70 degrees, and it should be 40, so I'm going to take every advantage. There's a robin singing in the background, which hopefully you can't hear, but if you can... That's okay, because spring is on the way, and everybody is happy and singing about it here in Chicago. I hope you are also all having a delightful spring, and you've had great chances to play some games. I just played a bunch this weekend, actually. Among them, Return to Dark Tower, Grand Austria Hotel, a card game called Scout by Oink Games, and a snooker-like game that's played on a sort of a variation of a crokinole table. I can tell you that my ability for flicking discs on a crokinole table are clearly really bad because I was not doing well at that. I mean, I had a few moments, but after that, whew, it was bad news. How about you? What have you been playing? Let me know. Share with me what you're liking, what you're not liking. Email me at clark at boardgametimes.com. That's times with an S. Love to hear from you. Love to see what people are playing. Always on the lookout for new games to play and uh, I guess games to avoid if it comes to that. So I'm embarrassed. My last podcast episode released about four weeks ago. And regular listeners know that I used to release episodes every other week. But I recently moved that to try and make it every three weeks. That's because I was starting a new job in the gaming industry, which is super cool. I'm working at Panda Game Manufacturing. I'm a project manager for them, which means I'm going to be working with people who are trying to get their games made, uh, and that's super exciting. And because I started that new job, I knew that doing a podcast episode every two weeks was probably going to be rough. So I naively at the time said, I'm going to try and do it every three weeks. And it turns out that that may have been a little bit of a reach. It might just be because the job is new and I'm just getting started. It's had some travel involved. It's also been a little tough to get guests lined up lately. I don't know. Maybe that's just a spring thing. COVID has got people's attention, you know, going in different directions. So in any case, I had a hard time getting things lined up to do one for three weeks. And I found myself at four weeks and still not having a guest. But I decided to just go ahead and do something anyway because I wanted to make sure I put something out because I do want to keep the podcast going despite the extra workload because uh, it's important to me and hopefully you like it as well. So the impact on the podcast right now is unclear. I'd like to get back to three weeks every three weeks. I just need to knuckle down and get some people scheduled and find a little more luck having people get scheduled. You can help me out there. If you know people that are interested and available to be on the podcast, please send them my way. I swear I'm going to try and get back to every three weeks. Hopefully we'll get back there soon, if not next episode. And so I don't have a guest for this episode, which disappoints and embarrasses me. Hopefully it doesn't disappoint you too much and you'll continue to listen. Please do. I swear podcast isn't going anywhere. Just might be slowing down a little bit right now. So that's where things stand. 
And as penance for not lining up a guest, I decided to spend a few minutes on another embarrassing topic, namely my huge shelf of unplayed games. It seemed like talking about embarrassing things was all the rage for this episode, so I might as well continue. Like so many people, or like so many people who are board gamers, not everybody, but many, I have got shelves of unplayed games, or games that I haven't played a lot, and got to thinking about what some of those games are, what some of the games I'd most want to play would be on that list right now, and I just thought I'd talk about that for a few minutes and hopefully find it interesting, entertaining, and maybe it'll spark some ideas of your own. So why are these games unplayed? Well, there's a lot of reasons. If I had to choose one, I would say it's probably because regular listeners know I'm relatively new to gaming as a hobby. I mean, I've played games all my life, hobby games at various points in my life, but really the last two, three years is when I got pretty serious about the hobby and especially got serious right before the pandemic hit. So kind of right as I started buying a bunch of games, right as I was really getting into gaming, the pandemic hit. And so it was pretty much impossible to get a gaming group together to do it safely at least. And so I played some games solo, but some of the games I acquired just sat on the shelf for a long time. And I didn't stop acquiring games during that time because I was hopeful and I am interested and I want to play these games someday. But it just meant some games piled up that I just haven't had a chance to play. Why haven't I had a chance to play them when I've played others? Well, you know, it depends, right? I think some of them have a certain amount of rules overhead and take a little bit of time to teach. And so you need to not only gather a group, but you need to make sure you know the rules because I'm teaching it to most of them. So it can just be a challenge getting these games played. So there's a variety of reasons. For some of these, I might mention a specific reason over and above why I haven't played them. But here you go. This is a list of some of my unplayed games that I probably most want to play. I haven't ranked them in any particular order. And believe me, I wish this was all of my unplayed games, but there are more. But these are the ones when I looked at the shelf, I kind of thought if I had a group of people right now who knew how to play this game, I would love to get this game on the table. And so I just kind of picked 14 games that fit that description. I did rank them in the order of how they're rated on Board Game Geek from least to best. But that doesn't really have anything to do with my desire to play them. I'd say many of them I want to play equally. It would just depend on the challenges involved. Some would take more people. Some have deeper rules. But anyway, here's the list as it is so far. Car Wars 6th Edition. This is something I kickstarted recently. It fulfilled within the last three months, I want to say. I think it was right at the very end of the year. And it's just a lot. I played Car Wars way back in the day, the first edition when it was in a tiny little plastic box, a uh, total blast of a game, but they've changed a lot, right? So it's a little more miniatures based now. The cars are more like the size of matchbox cars and uh, the rules have changed quite a lot. So the rules aren't hard, but it's just a lot different and it's a little more of a miniatures game now, right? You play it on the tabletop, you're moving things around with rulers and such. It's just going to take me a little time to absorb the rules and actually I think this might be one of the ones my friends would play the most right now if I wanted to because the theme is just so great. Car Wars just sounds fun. It's totally going to be a raucous, weird time, I'm sure, but that's definitely on the list because it's sitting there on the shelf teasing me on a regular basis. Another one like that is Batman Gotham City Chronicles. This was a Kickstarter from a few years ago, which is kind of infamous, right, because it had a ton of plastic and a ton of minis, and the rules are supposed to be terrible. And I've, I've tried reading them once and they, they really are pretty awful. But I like the system that it's based on. It was based on the same system that was behind the Conan board game, which was kind of fun. And there's just a ton of stuff in there. 
I know this one's kind of considered to be overhyped and a lot of people give it so-so ratings. But again, this one's just going to be thematic fun and there's so many villains and good guys in the box and it looks really cool and it's just going to be fun to play. So Batman Gotham City Chronicles is on the list. One that's a more recent acquisition is Hostage Negotiator. This is by Van Ryder Games, and it's a solo game, actually, where you are playing a hostage negotiator, negotiating with a hostage taker, trying to free hostages and sort of meet the hostage taker's demands enough to defuse the situation. I've just heard good things about it, and they've also got another game that's out called Final Girl, which really intrigued me, but I figured I'd get Hostage Negotiator first and give that a try, and then if I like that, maybe I'll try the Final Girl series, which is all about being the last girl alive with a serial killer, right, from the movies, all the tropes there. So I've heard a lot of good things about it. Looks like it's got some pretty fun mechanisms, so Hostage Negotiator gets on the list. The next one on the list is a board game called Prodigal's Club, and if you've never heard of this, it's kind of a Euro game, but the idea is you're trying to ruin your reputation and lose your money, and that's how you win the game. It's kind of like you're a scoundrel's group, right? And you're trying to be the worst scoundrel. And scoundrel being sort of, uh, I don't know, in the Victorian sense, right? You're not going to be truly evil, but the idea is you're supposed to like rig an election and lose a bunch of your inheritance. And I think embarrass an old lady or something like that. It's a very strange thing. But the concept was just so interesting to me that I thought I'd give it a try and I heard good things about it review-wise. So Prodigal's Club, that's another one. The next one on the list gets there purely on theme, quite honestly. It's called Star Trek Fleet Captains. This is an older game. I want to say it's maybe 10 years old now. And it's kind of Star Trek in a box. You got a bunch of space hexagons like so many space games, right, that you lay out on the table. And then you've got these miniatures of Star Trek ships. And I got the Romulan expansion too, but there's also Klingon ships. And you're basically exploring the galaxy, fighting against the other guy, the Klingons versus the Federation or whatever. It just looked like a lot of fun. I hear thematically it's really great, and it looks kind of great on the table. So really looking forward to playing that. But it's got some fiddly rules, and there's a lot going on. So it's going to take a little time to sit down and kind of figure that one out. But I think getting that one to the table won't be too hard because it's Star Trek, and it looks like it'll be fun. So I think my game group would be into that. The next one is definitely a lot. Uh, It's Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. This is a game I picked up used as a deal and I'd heard good things about it. It's by Cole Worley who designed Root uh, and John Company and some other really well-regarded games. And this is kind of this huge campaign where you are playing from week to week and what you did the week before affects what happens the next week. So one person is sort of the keeper of the kingdom and they have certain goals that they have to meet. And if somebody else is able to come into the kingdom and overthrow them, then they become the leader the next week, but then they might have different rules that they need to maintain in order to win the game. So it's very fluid and the gameplay is constantly changing in terms of what you have to do to win and you're changing the game board and you're changing what's happening in the kingdom. So I'm just really intrigued, but I also know that's a huge investment in time and it's going to take a lot of weeks to play. I mean, that's even, you don't even really finish it, right? You're going to play it for weeks anyway, but I know that's going to take a while. That might take a little changing with my game group or finding another group to play it with, but I'm really curious about this one because it just sounds fascinating. So that's Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. Next up, I've got Forgotten Waters. This is really just a silly pirate-themed adventure game, but I've heard great stuff about it, right? It runs with an app, 
it has some tabletop components, but you are playing a lot of it through the app, and it's got a lot of voice acting, and everything I've heard about is that's really fun and thematic, and who doesn't want to kind of be goofy, over-the-top pirates, and keep the gameplay light. It's not choose-your-own-adventure only, but it's it's got some aspects of that, as well as some mechanisms that you have to kind of keep your pirate ship going forward on, and you're each members of the crew, and it's just sounds really fun and interesting. Sounds like a great light time. Looking forward to getting that to the table, but again, a little bit of investment of just kind of getting the app set up and learning it. I know some people have done this online, but I really don't want to do it online. I'd rather do it in person. So even though I could play it on Zoom or something with some people, it's just not the way I want to experience this game. So that's Forgotten Waters. Another nautically themed game is Nemo's War. This is a solo game, Nemo's War. And I just heard very intriguing things about it. It's a big tabletop game. Lots going on, a lot of pieces, you're sailing the high seas, you're trying to sink ships, you're trying to avoid being caught and detected, you're trying to do all sorts of undersea adventures as Captain Nemo. Just seems really interesting. This one's got a lot of rules overhead, there's quite a few rules you have to learn, and it's, you know, for a solo game, it's it's a lot. It's not some slim little rule book, it looks like a big campaign-y kind of a thing. So, looking forward to giving that a try, I know it's going to take a while to get that one to the table, but just looked really intriguing to me. So that's why that one's been sitting on the shelf. So that was Nemo's War. Next up is Kemet or Kemet Blood and Sand, the the new version of Kemet, which as I understand it is kind of really just the old version of Kemet with a nice coat of paint and a formalized rule set. Anyway, this is a area control game set in fantasy Egypt, right? Because sure it's in Egypt, but you've got giant scarab beetles and scorpions and you're beseeching the gods so you know it's not realistic combat but i've always heard great things about this i kind of like area control games and games with direct conflict between players even though i know that's not the fashion right now i think my gaming group would like it as a way to sort of get our aggressions out from time to time no other better reason and i've just heard really good things about how it plays but it's another one of those ones where when you crack open the rule book it's like oh right i kind of need to learn this again i haven't had anybody to teach me. So learning it myself and then teaching it to a bunch of other people is just, it's a lot. But every now and then I'll take it out of the box and look at those miniatures and look at all the player powers, which is one of the things that's really fun about it and uh, gets me excited. So really looking forward to giving that a try. So that is Kemet. So we're getting down to about the last half dozen games or so. And now all of these are actually in the Board Game Geek Top 100 from what I can tell. That's not specifically the reason they're here, but that's just the reason they're in this order right now. So first up of that group is Eclipse. This is the sort of epic space game. It's a bit of a counterpart to Twilight Imperium, right? Twilight Imperium is one of those you play it all day, eight hours, space exploration, negotiation, adventure games. And this is a little more Euro game, boiled down to some of the space combat and exploration, less of negotiation, a little more manipulating your economy maybe and building a sort of an engine to play things. So this is one of those ones that I got used and got pretty cheap. And I even went out and bought some of the expansions used and cheap. So I've kind of got this huge collection of this game Eclipse that I'm dying to play, but it's definitely a lot of rules. So it's definitely going to be, you know, an hour to teach a group of people. And then you got to have that group of people and they have to be ready to play. And it's also kind of a board hog, right? I think my table might even be too small. So I'll have to have a second table to play it on. But I'm really, I love space games. So super excited to get Eclipse to the table one of these days. Hopefully that'll be soon. 
Next one up is a classic by Uwe Rosenberg. This is Lahav, the game about running a port and trading goods. And this is really, in many ways, it's just like a real straightforward economic engine. You're drafting buildings, you're buying buildings, you're making resources, you're turning coal into steel, you're turning clay into brick, you're turning those into something else. You know, everything gets bigger and bigger and you're sort of building this engine and I've just heard such good things about it. I know Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower. It's one of his favorite games of all time. And I've played it actually in an app, but I really just want to play this one on the table with some friends because I think they'd like it. It's in many ways seems like it's got a really nice, light, simple rule set, but there's a lot of complexity that comes from that. So that's Lahav. Looking forward to playing that one. And embarrassed that I haven't. That's the theme, right? I'm embarrassed that I haven't played all these because they're sitting on my shelf right now. Once again, I have to remind myself that. They're waiting to be played. So that's Lahav. Next one on the list is actually the newest acquisition. I just happened to get this recently. It's On Mars. This is a game by Vital Lacerda. If you've ever seen the box, it is gigantic. It is one of these big deluxe productions by a company called Eagle Griffin Games. And it's just like a big, complex Euro game. I've never played a Lacerda game. I'm kind of intimidated by it because it looks like a lot of other Euro games I've played, but then doubly that. <laughs> uh, but it's also got lovely pieces and interesting stuff going on. So I'm looking forward to just playing that. I'm embarrassed that it's sitting on my shelf waiting to be played. But that also has a lot of rules, and that's going to take a little bit to teach to myself, teach to some friends, and, and get it to the table. So that's on Mars. The next one up is Power Grid. Power Grid is a classic game by Freedom and Freeze. I've never played it. I bought this purely on recommendation and the fact that it's kind of considered a modern classic. I think it's rated like 50 or 49 on Board Game Geek. And it just looks interesting. You're auctioning for these power reserves. You're building power connections on a map of Germany or America, depending on what you're doing. I heard really good things about it. Again, I need to learn it so I can teach it. It just looks really cool. And I think it's going to be the jam for some of the folks I play with because they like economic games and it scratches some of that itch. I'm hopeful, at least. That is Power Grid. Next one up is Maracaibo. And actually, what I mean here is Maracaibo, the new expansion, which is called The Uprising. I've played Maracaibo, although not as much as I'd like to. But I just picked up the expansion, The Uprising, and it just looks like it's going to add some interesting new things to Maracaibo, the game which I already like by Alexander Pfister. I already find the game really enjoyable, but it adds some new scenarios, new ways of playing the game. big part of it also is that it acknowledges that there are people other than just white male explorers going around in the Caribbean at the time. So that's going to be kind of interesting. I think that plays into the theme a little more. So that's welcome. Actually, there's just a really good component part of this too, which is they re-released new player boards for the players, which doesn't sound like much, but they made them dual layer boards and... That's really useful because in Maracaibo in the original set in particular, you've got these little brown discs that you're using to sort of mark stats for your ship. One bump at the table, and it would be really easy to just knock them all over the place. So it's kind of like terraforming Mars where you have to be really careful around things. And they added these double-layer player boards, which I think will make tracking that a lot easier. So that's like a simple improvement, but kind of can't wait to get that to the table and see how that plays. So that's Maracaibo, The Uprising. And finally, Orléans. I've actually played Orléans a couple times solo, again, pandemic, but really want to get this to the table with some other people and some friends because I like the way this worked. It's this bag building, engine building game. Doesn't seem to overstay its welcome. Kind of got a lot of good choices. I love games where you have lots and lots of crunchy choices, and this just seemed like that kind of game. So that's why it's there, Orléans. 
great game. It's ranked 27 on Board Game Geek, so I'm clearly not the only one who wants to play this game. I'm just eager to play it with some more people, and I'm embarrassed, as with every other game on this list, that I haven't done it already. How about you? What games are sitting on your shelf and embarrassing you by teasing you that you haven't played them? Why haven't you played them? Let me know. You can always reach me at Clark at Board Game Times, Times with an S, or on the Board Game Times Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening. Play lots of games, be good to one another, and may all of your board game times be the best of times. Take care. Take care.